Yo, what's up? This is Josh from the band Tetrarch, and you're listening to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcat. Welcome to episode 105 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. This episode is an interview with Josh Four of the band Tetrarch. If you haven't heard of Tetrarch yet, well, thank you for listening. This episode of the Bobcast will be a great introduction to the band. I think I'm going to go out on a limb here, though, and say you might have heard of Tetrarch before. And welcome to the Bobcast if this is your first time listening. I really appreciate you stopping by as it is. Welcome to the Bobcast. I hope you stick with it. That's what I'd like to say. Tetrarch is a really incredible band. I first heard them a couple months ago, and prior to actually listening to Tetrarch, I had been seeing a lot of social media posts related to Tetrarch, especially posts that featured Diamond Row very prominently. Now, Diamond is the lead guitarist in Tetrarch, and she also happens to be a black woman. A black woman in a band that's in a genre that is very much dominated by white males. I want to say this. I feel like not only does Tetrarch break the norm in what it is to be a metal band, you know, just due to the fact that the members of the band aren't all white dudes, right? I think Tetrarch also musically breaks the norm of what it is to be a metal band in the year 2021. Is Tetrarch a new metal band? I don't Maybe a little. I don't know. Is Tetrarch a thrash band? Well, yeah, there's a little of that going on with them, too. I think Tetrarch is just Tetrarch. They're a very unique and very amazing group of people making some very unique and very amazing music. And that's why we're here on this Bobcast to listen to Tetrarch, find out a little bit more about the band. You're going to hear one song off of Tetrarch's really great new record, Unstable, that's going to come up right in the middle of the interview with Josh. We're going to kind of take a little bit of a break, a sort of intermission. And that song is titled Negative Noise. And oh my God, what a song. Josh is going to talk a little bit about that song in the interview that's coming up. So I'll kind of refrain from talking about it for right now. What I would like to talk about right now is beer. So why don't we do the... of the episode. Yes, the beer of the episode for this Tetrarch episode is the Positive Mental Radness West Coast IPA from Plan 9 Alehouse. Positive Mental Radness. That's one way I describe Tetrarch. It's kind of fitting for this episode to have a beer named after something that I think Tetrarch has in droves. Yes, Positive Mental Radness. This beer is brewed with Simcoe, Centennial, Mandarina, Bavaria, and Citra hops. It is a bright and bitter IPA that weighs in in 7.5% alcohol by volume. Ooh, it's a little heavy, just like Tetrarch. Yeah, the comparisons just keep coming, don't they? They really do. Well, let's try this beer and see if it is as positively rad as the name would have us believe. Yeah, it's a little bitter. It is a little, you know, kind of bitter in that IPA kind of way where there's a little bit of an aftertaste, a little bit of bitterness, but it's not super strong in the sense that the bitterness is like overwhelming. Oh, it's good. It is good. It has kind of like a dry flavor to it, too. 
Ooh, I do like it. Let's have a round of applause for Plan 9 Alehouse right about now. Thank you. Okay, good. Stop. You can also enjoy this fine beer and many others by visiting Plan 9 Alehouse yourself. Plan 9 Alehouse is located at 155 East Grand Avenue in Escondido, California. You can reach Plan 9 Alehouse by phone at 760-489-8817 or on the web at www.plan9alehouse.com. Plan 9 Alehouse, beer to all of the positively rad people. Get rad, get Plan 9. Yeah, I should write commercials for a living, I think. Before we get to Josh and Tetrarch, let's hear a little bit from our friend Michael Krusty with Krusty's Corner. Krusty's Corner is a monthly feature here on the Bobcast. And this time around, Mr. Krusty is talking with Daniel Decay, who is a master of mayhem and also a master of the mystical arts of metal. Yes, here's Krusty's Corner with more. Hello, 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 and welcome to Krusty's Corner. I am your host, Michael X. Krusty, and if you're tuning into this Krusty Corner, then that means you're listening to I Want to Party with Bob the Bobcast. I have a very exciting person with me that I would like to talk to. He's done a shit ton of stuff. He's uh, in the band Exciter. He's in the band Diamonds. He does a lot of work with Banger TV. He has a new show on Twitch Not Fest called Defending the Rift, and he has his own Twitch account where he live streams and does he does very very well on it he loves whiskey he loves weed and he loves slayer say hello to daniel dk everybody i feel like when i hear crusty corner i think of something totally different yeah is it like a like a sexual thing or, or what yeah, it's like it's like a gross sexual thing yeah yeah it's so, so that's the difference between you and like punks because like the punks they're like oh you love crusty punk Cause that's like a genre. Oh, I mean, no, like, I mean, listen, I love my crust. I love my D beat. And I think of those things too. But like, when you say crusty's corner, I don't know. That's just maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the problem is me. You know, maybe the problem is me here. Not everyone else. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is you, Daniel. More than likely they, you know, usually it's my fault. I'm not, you know, you just, have, you have a dirty mind. You have a, a very sick and dirty mind. Sick, definitely. Dirty, only when I don't shower. (laughs) So for anyone who's listening out in California, wherever you're listening, we are both in Toronto, Ontario. And today is a beautiful sunny day and we're both inside doing this because we love you guys. So Daniel, just really quick, do you want to tell us about your band, Diamonds? Yeah, uh, I got a band called Diamonds. uh, Toronto-based hard rock, uh, heavy metal kind of vibes. Imagine all your favorite things about uh, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, and Crucial Taunt all in one. Uh, How's that for a a very, you said very quickly, tell me about your band. That's very quickly. That was very quickly. Crucial Taunt. Do I know that band? Is that Uh, Wayne's World reference? Yeah, it's Wayne's World. Okay, okay. I, I was like... Cassandra, oh, bro. Cassandra. Yeah, yeah. we're going to go over. <laughs> we're going to go over the own, gasworks. We've, we've got our own Cassandra. 
Yeah, that's true. You, you know what? You, you actually, yeah, he's he's right, people. He, that's exactly what Diamonds is. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. My bad. I shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have chimed in, not even once. You're also in another band, a very, uh, very popular band, a thrash metal band from the 80s called Exciter. Do you want to tell people a little bit about that band? Uh, let's see if I can do this quickly. Yeah, I'm, I play in a band where my youngest bandmate is 32 years older than me. Uh, all their classic records were released before I was born. And this is a band I literally had posters of uh, on my wall growing up. Uh, so I'm very fortunate to have that gig. That is super cool. Uh, I feel like I'm having my own Marky Mark fucking moment. Oh, look at all these movie references. This is a total accident, too. Both bands are the movie reference. But, you know, I'm fucking living that dream. It's real cool. Uh, I literally get to hop on stage and play songs with the original members. These are songs that I, like, grew up listening to in high school. So that's been a very cool experience as well. You've toured basically, like, all over the world, like North America, Europe, Japan as well, I believe. Yeah, I've been uh, everywhere with that band except for uh, Australia, which will be rectified uh, uh, next year. Next year. Very, very cool. That is very, very cool. So for anyone who's listening, and uh, they're probably asking this, what I'm going to ask you is, if they want to get into Exciter and they want to get into Diamonds, what would be the first album to pick up for each band to get into? What's the what's the one that you would suggest? Exciter's legendary uh, first release is like literally a genre-defining. They say it's perhaps the first speed slash thrash metal record ever. Uh, predates Metallica's Kill Em All. Check out Heavy Metal Maniac, uh, iconic album artwork. However, my favorite Exciter record is the second one, Violence and Force. Uh, for Diamonds, uh, no question, got to check out Never Want to Die. That is our Juno nominated, definitely did not win, but certainly nominated and still stoked to be their record. And uh, if that's a little too metallic edge for you, we got a sleazier record that was called The Bad Pack. You're on Banger TV and you're constantly interviewing people, even though right now I'm interviewing you. Can you tell us quickly about Banger TV? Uh, Sam Dunn's YouTube channel. You know him from all your favorite documentaries from Rush and Alice Cooper and ZZ Top to uh, Metal Headbangers Journey, Metal Evolution, Global Metal. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, the way he uh, fused uh, heavy metal culture and uh, viewing it, analyzing it, deconstructing it, and rebuilding it with from a uh, sociological and anthropological perspective. Um, dude's fucking awesome, and I am super stoked to work for him on the YouTube channel. Check it out, Banger TV on YouTube. Literally thousands of hours of free heavy metal content, all metal, all the time. The last year, well, I want to say just over a year now, you've been running a live stream on your Twitch channel, which is Daniel underscore DK. If I'm, uh, am I wrong or am I correct? No, he nailed it. Mainly, the idea was that you know, with over a hundred shows canceled, um, you know, with the, the shutdown uh, of the live music industry, uh, I freaked out. I had to, I had to figure out something to do. Uh, I needed something to do, so I, uh, I started live streaming on Twitch. So I try and bring that you know live show experience that we're all longing for so much. Uh, I try and bring you know a good variety of tunes from my own bands and other classic bands. I perform. I tell stories. Um, I generally have a couple drinks and gets a little bit loose. It's a fun show. Come check it out. And shit's like fucking five hours long. It's like, everyone's like, Bruce Springsteen puts on the best show. He's the boss. I'm like, yeah, let's fucking go. Five hour streams, four times a week. (laughs) 
Yeah, and and you're absolutely killing it. I, I logged into your show just yesterday, and you had just over a thousand people watching. So that is a uh, uh, pretty amazing. So if you're on Twitch or you're not on Twitch, you, you need to get on Twitch and you need to go and check out Daniel DK on there. It is a fantastic time. And then one other thing on Twitch is that you have a new show on NotFest called Defender of the Rift. Can you explain what that is? Yes. Yeah, so NotFest, uh, the festival, the Slipknot headed festival. Uh, um, has completely redefined their existence in the digital space. They are uh, launched this awesome Twitch channel with 40 hours of programming a week, Monday to Friday. Um, and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, which is 5 p.m. Pacific time for all you fucking West Coasters. Uh, it's called Defender of the Rift, and I do it there on the Twitch NotFest official channel. Uh, have a variety of different guests and guitar players, ranging from big-time rock stars who play in arenas to uh, some people you've never heard of that, you know, just play play this video game called Rocksmith on Twitch. Uh, there's really a wide scope of musicians, and we kind of battle it out. It's like a guitar competition show. We battle it out. The live audience gets to vote to pick winners, and, uh, you know, it's all about defending the riff. Speaking of riffs and, and defending riffs and, and thrash music and guitar playing, uh, can we take a little deep dive into into heavy metal real quickly real quickly and deep dive aren't words that work together in my vocabulary <laughs> but let's try okay well i, I just want to like i want to ask you a couple questions i want to see what comes to your mind first for instance black sabbath do you prefer the dio or the aussie years oh well that's not fair it's ronnie james dio's birthday today or de- anniversary of his death today that's unfair. Uh, here's what I'll say. There's more Aussie albums that I like. However, Heaven and Hell is my favorite Black Sabbath record. Let's talk about Judas Priest. What do you think is their most underrated album? Sad Wings of Destiny. If I have to hear one more person tell me that Painkiller is the best Judas Priest album, I'm going to flip my shit. <laughs> All right, I, I like screaming and uh, screaming for vengeance. Yeah, great, great record. But like, ha- when's the last time you listened to Sad Wings of Destiny? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been a time. That that album that album needs to get a lot more love in the conversation of best Judas Priest records. Well, I mean, you have the platform to do that. <laughs> You're pretty nice, Daniel DK. Thanks for doing this. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on here. And to anyone who's listening, if you want to find Daniel DK on any, any socials, it's Daniel underscore DK. That's D. E-K-A-Y and you can find me at Michael X Krusty on all the socials as well thanks so much for tuning in and thanks Bob if you do your laundry it won't be a crusty corner anymore we'll see you next time Thank you, Michael Krusty, and thank you, Daniel Decay, for stopping by the Bobcast. Check out Michael Krusty's podcast, which is called Miserable Failure, named after an Iron Reagan song, by the way. If you like the content that you just heard, Miserable Failure podcast is a great way to continue listening to more of Michael and his awesomeness, and it is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, stay tuned to the Bobcast for Krusty's Corner, like I said, once a month, every month. Well, here we go. Time for Tetrarch, right after a few words from this episode's sponsor, Sticker Junkie. Please stay tuned. Sticker 
Summer is nearly upon us, and whether you're headed to the beach or headed out on the road for that family vacation, there's no better way to let people know what you're all about than with a custom sticker design from Sticker Junkie. Whether you have a band, a podcast, a blog, a softball team, any type of organization or group, Sticker Junkie can help you let people know all about it with a fabulous custom sticker. Maybe you own a business and would like to let potential customers know about what you do. Sticker Junkie has the solution with high quality and extremely durable vinyl and gloss laminate custom stickers. Simply go to www.stickerjunkie.com and upload your custom artwork to begin the sticker making process. Or let's say you need help designing a logo for your sticker. Sticker Junkie has you covered with the sticker generator feature, which is also at StickerJunkie.com. How convenient. For high-quality vinyl and gloss laminate stickers made right here in the USA and free shipping in the United States on all sticker orders, Sticker Junkie always has your custom sticker needs covered. As an added bonus, when ordering from StickerJunkie.com, Use code BOBCAST, that's B-O-B-C-A-S-T, for $10 off of your order, or code BOBCAST10, that's B-O-B-C-A-S-T-10, for 10% off of your order, whichever saves you more money. Go for it, and let Sticker Junkie help you make this the best summer ever. Well, welcome, Josh Four, to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Thank you so much, Josh, for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Bob. Thanks for having me. Sure, sure. So my very first question is the name of the band. What is the definition to you? What does the name Tetrarch mean to you? Yeah, so, you know, it's funny because how many people have found other definitions of Tetrarch? Like, apparently it was like a a tank back in like world war one, like a British tank. There was a race force that was Tetrarch, like all kinds of stuff, but we got it. Me and our guitarist diamond, you know, we went, we've known each other since the seventh grade and we've been best friends since then. And, uh, actually when we were in like 10th grade in the history class together, we were, had already been playing in a band together. And, uh, our history teacher was talking about a Tetrarch, which was like a government or a ruler or a kingdom ruled by four people. Mm. And we just thought that it was, it sounded metal and there was four of us in the band and we we're just like, Hey, what do you think about Tetrarch for name? Yeah, cool. And that was it. Like there was like no That's other thought yeah, other yeah. than this. And we just <laughs> went with it and, and it stuck ever since. Cool. It is a metal. It is a very metal sounding name. And I did, exactly. I looked it up and I wanted to tell you, you have made it. I don't know. You know, you're definitely moving up in the world of music in a lot of ways, but when you Google it and go to the Wikipedia page for Tetrarch, it says Tetrarch parentheses band, a new metal band from Atlanta, Georgia, right there on Wikipedia. So congratulations. Wow. Well, thank you. We have made it, you know, <laughs> you really have who knows what else it says on there. We've made it to Wikipedia. So somebody cares enough to write it. Absolutely. Now, I, yeah, because it does say exactly what you said, a tank during World War One. And then it, there's a lot of like military and governing and like, uh, you know, ruling that kind of thing always by four. It's like Tetra means four and to rule is the arc part is to rule or something. So very cool. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, cause I saw that definition. How do you feel about being labeled as a new metal band? Is that bother you at all? Do you feel like it's a derogatory term in any kind of way? You know, we don't see it as a derogatory thing. We never set out, set out to, 
be considered that. Um, we've always just saw ourselves as a, as a metal band, you know, from the time we started, you know, we started out as a straight up thrash band trying to rewrite, ride the lightning. Like we just, you know, we've evolved over the years and some of our influences from growing up have kind of mixed in with modern influences, kind of get the sound that you hear now for Tetrarch. But I think it's just, I think because it's the easiest thing for people to kind of put us in a box of, you know, I think it's easy to say, you know, in terms of, there's not a lot of like brand new bands doing what we're doing the way we're doing it. You know, a lot are doing some like a lot of rap type stuff and a lot of maybe the heavier sides of, you know, new metal, but there's not really a lot of bands doing exactly what we're doing. And I think that it's just easier to, kind of put us with those bands from like that 2000s era and the, you know, a lot of the press, I think I was just talking with Simon about it the other day. I think a lot of press outlets too, let's pick up on that new metal name. And I think it, you know, I think that word makes people feel something, whether it's good, good or, or just absolutely hate. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a big part of it too. But you know, if people want to say we're, we're leading a new metal revival and you know, we're the face of that next generation of that. We're not going to complain. We're not going to run from it. You know, we love those bands. We love that. We've always just seen ourselves as a metal band and metal and hard rock band. And probably how we'll always see us throughout our career, but no issues with metal. Tetrarch is a hard band to pigeonhole. I mean, there's definitely, you can hear, especially in some of the songs that thrash influence for sure. And you said Mm -hmm. literally the perfect thing the record that got me into thrash metal in like 1983 or 84 was ride the lightning. I go, Holy shit. What is this? Like, it's kind of like, there's like punk rock going on in here. Cause I was a big punk fan back then, you know, and hearing that record changed my entire world and opened up a whole new door. So in a way, I think that's kind of what you're doing now. I just feel like calling Tetrarch a new metal band is kind of lazy, but it's lazy in the way that people call, like the Smiths or Morrissey or something alternative, right? It's just like right. a blanket term. And so, yeah, it's so. just easy to, to do that. And, um, make it, people call us whatever they want. As long as they're talking about us and listening to us and enjoying it, that's what matters. That's it, know? man. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay, cool. Now the origin of the band, you were kind of alluding to a little bit ago, you and diamond, as you said, have been best friends forever. Did the band kind of start right around 2007 or so? Yeah, I would say that was when we played our first show under the name of Tetrarch. So even before that, even 2004, 2005, me and Diamond were, you know, going up to the band room after school and plugging in our guitars and just playing super loud. We were going to the guitar center every day and like, again, plugging in and playing really loud and probably annoying people. But, you know, at the same time, they're like, hey, these. 12, 13, 14 year old kids or whatever, like they're pretty good together, you know? And we, uh, we would go there and, and do that. And, you know, we would play around at our school's talent shows, friends' birthday parties and things like that. But 2007 was when we got the name Tetrarch and played our first official venue show at a small little place in Atlanta called, um, the seven venue did that. And, you know, that was kind of the start of the Tetrarch journey. Cool. So when you, when you first started, you were, you and Diamond both were in actual middle school. You said like you were what, 12, 13, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were so young when we uh, met each other. Yeah. Um, and it's always a funny story. I love telling it. it. 
the first time we met each other was in English class, I think. And uh, I was just like doing one of these numbers in my chair, kind of leaning back. All of a sudden, I just feel something behind me, like pull away. And I go flying backwards and Diamond had like yanked the desk from behind me and had me fall. And I, <laughs> I looked at her and was like, who are you? Why are you doing this? Now she says, she's like, I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to like introduce myself. I like meet him you know and uh that was our introduction and you know i quickly learned that she was you know into metal and the hard rock into um you know guitar and all that and we went to a small little private school in atlanta so there was not a lot of kids that listened to heavy music you know like me our very original drummer who was like our best friend through middle and high school and her were the only like three people that uh really listen to rock or metal at our school with a lot of country and rap and like that kind of thing. So, you know, we just, it was like natural for us to be friends. And, to, um, you know, once I got past my first dumb decision <laughs> as shocked. being an artist of, uh, yeah, after that. And, uh, I can vividly remember there was almost never a touch chart. Our old drummer at the time was like, Hey, uh, diamond, you know, wants to come jam and, and be in the band. And, you know, I'm like 13 years old. I'm like, I don't want a girl in the band. You know, how, how stupid is that? You're right. Right. Quickly, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, let's have it come over and play. And literally like within the first 30 seconds of playing a song together, it was like, okay, yeah, this is awesome. Like we definitely wow. should be in a band together. <laughs> I think the first song we played was like old time rock and roll or something like oh, that. No like kidding. it was nothing <laughs> like nothing special, it was like some like bluesy power chords. And I was like, this is awesome. Having two guitarists and, you know, I can have someone that can do solos and I can play and yeah, it was, just, it was pretty funny. So we almost never got off the ground because I was being a stupid young kid, but really happy now, obviously that, uh, you know, that it all worked out. Basically. That it all worked out. Exactly. It, and besides she almost, she tried to break your neck the first time you met her too. That has That's true. Know. So I had to be a little skeptical, <laughs> just know. a little on the defensive, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. One thing I wanted to ask you about, I was kind of looking through, the roster of members of the band through the years. Tetrarch might have like a tiny, tiny bit of spinal tap syndrome with drummers. It, yes. You were even a, listed as a drummer of the band for a few years, for like three years, I think. Really? Now that might be a piece of Wikipedia mess up because I always just sang and play guitar, but we have definitely gone through a lot of drummers. You know, we had our first one you know, it was our best friend in middle and high school. And honestly, it was just when me and Diamond got serious about it, we were serious. We were like, this is what we want to do. You know, we want to do this for the rest of our lives and we want to make this a career. You know, our first drummer was like super smart kid, like to med school and works for like Johnson and Johnson and doing stuff with like hearts and like all kinds of stuff. So wow. like he clearly, you know, made the right path for, for him. And, uh, sure. you know, we just kind of like naturally drifted apart in terms of what we were you know, kind of pursuing in life. And then, yeah, we definitely went through four more drummers. Maybe we tried yeah, different people. And it was just like trying to find the right personality and the right kind of chemistry and the person that shares kind of your common goals and, and all that. And, but luckily when we moved to Los Angeles in 2015, we had known of Ruben through a friend of ours who's actually now our like head of production. We knew of Ruben. He was a really good drummer from Venezuela you know, he was looking for a new band and, you know, we went and watched him play, didn't speak any English when we met him. Wow. And, uh, 
you know, we were like, oh, it's really cool. Yeah, we should have him in the band. And and he was like, he was just that like last piece that was just like the perfect fit for all of us. You know, we went and did Freak with him and, and, and obviously, you know, are still going strong with Unstable and, you know, done more shows and tours with him. And, you know, he's, he's finally that like permanent, like this is our guy. And now he's completely fluent. And I wish like he didn't speak English so well because like now he makes too many jokes and makes fun of me all the time. So <laughs> I'm like... I liked when you didn't know what you were saying to me, but uh, no, he's he's really awesome. He has a really cool story too. He came for uh, Venezuela, it's like a on asylum because he was like kind of in danger from the government over there, and uh, yeah, so we're we're kind of like all over the map when it comes to like uh, just where we all come from and the fact that we're all together in one band and doing this is pretty cool. Yeah, it all there's like a lot of weird synchronicity. Like everything really f- kind of seemed to fit together and happen for you yeah. all kind of at the right times, you know, from the yeah. very beginning almost in some ways. Yep. Yeah. And I can't not mention our bassist, Ryan, got him from, I mean, where else would you get a bass player from but MySpace? Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> so, like, where are you going to find the quirky bass player? Like, MySpace, obviously. And, uh, you know, we've had him since like 2009. We're very happy with, with how everything is and, and the chemistry in the band. Just like, you know, we have those, the four of us and, us in the world you know sure yeah you got your core members your beer band yeah you're like a family in a lot of ways it seems like exactly your drummer's a ripper he is so amazing too i love like the songs are great i mean obviously i love the band and everything but i always single out the drummer for sure and i in videos i love watching him play and listening to what he's doing he's insane he's so good oh yeah he's 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 so good he i mean he practices nonstop every day all day like he lives it and breathes it and he's, he's, you know, he's so good. He's got the best hair of the band. He, and, does, you know. he has per- perfect hair. No, he's, he's, a, he's like the perfect fit for us. And he's, he's very versatile, you know, is what I like that he can play those crazy fast blast beats and fills, but he can also lay down a sick, you know, backbeat for a song like you never listen or for yeah. push yeah. down or something like that, that, you know, doesn't need crazy stuff. And I just loved his energy works really well with us on stage too. Like, you know, we're all trying to put on a show and entertain an audience. None of us just want to stand there and stare at our instrument and play for each other or play to ourselves. You know, he puts on a really great live show too. So we're really happy to have him. Cool. Yeah. You're definitely not a shoegazer band. I would say that for sure. Yeah, in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> as far as through the years and, and releases for Tetrarch, you guys have worked very hard. It seems like I, you had three self-released EPs and freak the full length, the first full length that was also self-release or online. It just says independent as far as release goes. So -hmm. did you do you, the band, you guys all did that yourselves. You put that all out yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we did like those EPs and and it's funny if you ever can find the EPs anywhere, I'm never going to post them, but uh, the old stuff, it's, it's interesting to hear like our transition, you know, starting as like that thrash band. So, you know, 2012, we started screaming more and having some like metalcore influences. And like when we got to freak, when it came time to write freak, you know, we had just moved to LA. We were kind of feeling stuck in terms of like songwriting. We were just doing the same kind of like metalcore riffs and like song structures and all this stuff. And we're just like, we need to figure out who we are and we need to write songs that we love and that we want to play and not write for anybody else. And with freak, I can remember 
I was walking somewhere and Diamond had been home all day just like writing. And she's like, hey, I don't know if we can use this. It's kind of weird, you know, but check this out. Let me know what you think. And I heard it and like immediately texted her back. I was like, keep working on this. This is really cool. It was like really down tuned and rhythmic and completely different than anything we'd ever done. And it ended up being our song Spit off of uh, Freak. But that was kind of like opened the, like our brains, like we can do something different. We can bring influences that we've never used before. We can blend modern metal and some of the stuff that we grew up on and make something kind of new. Uh, and at that time, like Freak, like, you know, we had talked to like different labels and stuff before we put it out, but none really had the, shared the same kind of vision that we did mm. for our band. You know, we heard a lot of, you know, I really like it, but uh, we don't know who the fan is going to be. Is it gonna, like, it's not heavy enough for the obscure underground, but like, you know, is it a three days grace chorus? You know, I don't know. Or, you know, wow. they would have labels, but they would want to change something about us. And, you know, that's not something we ever wanted to give up. And uh, right. we just said, F it, you know, we'll, we'll go on, uh, do this ourselves. And we put out Freak by ourselves. It was our first time really touring on like a national level with like established bands. We, you know, we cracked the top 50 on the active rock charts. It's like an independent metal band, which was really crazy. Um, yeah. You know, Sirius XM started to really pick us up on both the, you know, with Jose Ming and over on the um, metal, on liquid metal and Octane. And uh, we just went for it. We didn't know exactly what we were doing, self-releasing, but we were just like, let's figure it out on the way. And uh, I'm really happy we did because we learned so much from Freak that kind of helped us with this whole process of putting Unstable out. And even up until... Mm, you know, we had gotten, we had finished recording on Stable and we were still, you know, labels were interested, but it was just nothing seemed like the right fit. And we were like, we're just going to put this one out independently too. Wow. So we put Unstable, the album was done and we put I'm Not Right Out by ourselves on YouTube and, and promoted it and got, and thankfully like that song really connected with so many people and yeah, it really yeah. kind of introduced us to so many fans around the world and, and press from not just the U S but Europe and, and just everywhere in the world started to pick it up. And, uh, that song kind of carried us for like eight or nine months, which was crazy. And it kind of crossed over from metal to rock. And during that time, you know, we got in contact with Napalm and it was like the first time that we felt like a label really understood where we're trying to go as a band and, you know, what our ultimate end goal is. And they shared and, the excitement about it and you know, we found a good partner and we were like, and we, you know, we signed with them. And so far it's been a really good, you know, partnership, like, you know, things we wouldn't have had access to on by ourselves. You know, we do now through Napalm sure. and then, you know, they also get a, they also get a band that's hungry and that works hard every single day and doesn't rely on anybody. So, you know, it's a really good kind of partnership. It seems like you definitely brought like a DIY ethic not brought, you've had a DIY ethic for a long time. And that was really my mm -hmm. question was, did you get to the point with labels and stuff where you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to do it ourselves. We want to put this Absolutely. out. We want to tour. We want to be a band and do band things. If nobody wants yeah. it or we don't agree with what they want us to do, we're just going to do it ourselves. So exactly because we love the songs and we believe in the songs. And like, we, we felt that, you know, even something like I'm not right. We're like, we really like this. I feel like a lot of people would really like this. And uh, we've always stayed true to who we are. We've never let outside opinions like shape us. And I think that 
that's what's really paid off. And I, I, we always say any way that a band, you know, grows and becomes known is it's real and it's a real, you know, but we have a saying for us that we say, we're glad that we did it the real way. I guess the real way, I mean the hard way of starting so young, playing DIY shows, booking our own tours, going in a van and trailer, knowing, have no idea what we're doing, you know, playing to one mom in the middle of a bar in Birmingham, you know, sleeping in Walmart every night for a month, but doing it because we love it, you know, having no AC or no heater in Montana in the middle of winter. Uh, on the, like we've done every single step of being in a band. And I think that that has made us so much stronger and so much more appreciative of all, everything that's been happening with us. I feel like it's easiest from the get go, you know, you just jump to a tour bus and you're on, you know, this, this and this everywhere and this huge tour and that. And like, it's easy to take it for granted, but I feel like because we have grinded and worked so hard at it that we don't take anything for granted. We're very much in the moment and, you know, enjoying the ride, but it's also given us some wisdom to, to know that when bad things do inevitably happen or things that go against what we were hoping, you know, we can look back and say, you know, this might be a step backwards, but anytime we've had a step backwards, we usually have five steps forward, you know, we we just have, I think we have a really good perspective just from doing it the long kind of hard way. And so the world right now, we're a brand new band, but we're not a new band. No, We've been around a long time. Right. We're just new to, to so many new eyeballs and ears. But uh, yeah, so that we, we just we're just enjoying the ride and, and just going to continue uh, bringing that DIY spirit, even though we're not. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah, sense. you got it. I mean, you you nailed it. That perspective that you have from doing it that way has to make you so appreciative and happy for the position you're in now. I mean, I'm not right. Even independently of Napalm, hit like a million downloads on YouTube, right? When you had self released mm-hmm. it and everything. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a huge accomplishment for, and that's, you know what, that is literally to me, the reward for all that hard work that you put in for so long. And finally, you know, not finally, but you're getting a lot of appreciation for it. And that's rad. That's such a great yeah. thing. I think. Well, thank you. Yeah. It feels really good. And we're really excited. And you know, to us though, it's like, this is just, again, this is the first time you're hearing a Tetrarch. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've lasted this long. We're not going anywhere. And the other thing is, one of those tours you went on, didn't you call it, it was a wintertime tour, and didn't you call it, like, the We Hope It Doesn't Snow Tour or something yeah, like the that? Please, the Please Don't Snow Tour. Please Don't yeah. Snow Tour, that's it, yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because, like, we it had just snowed in the north when we went up there, and then, like, funny enough, on our way on some shows back down, we were in, like, Virginia, and then Atlanta had, like, the worst snowstorm ice storm of like last 50 years or something like that wow. and it like shut down the city for like a week and we just happened to miss it being on the road what? but yeah you would have thought like nothing new york would be bad but like no like everyone like i remember my dad calling and he was just stuck on the side of the highway with his car for like 12 13 hours because you just couldn't move it was oh ice my and god it was like insane and like i i can just remember that like we're worried about it snowing on our tour, but it ended up being home that got hit. (laughs) So I don't know if we brought some like bad energy back to Atlanta by like making fun of weather, but yeah, crazy. Holy cow. Yeah. Cause you went up to like the Northeast Pennsylvania and all that and back down to Atlanta kind of thing, right on that tour. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Very fortuitous time for you to leave in that case then. I know. (laughs) 
Touring, you know, we're talking about touring a little bit. Do you like touring? I mean, I think you have to, to be in the position you're in. Are you a big fan of it? Do you have a good time when you go on tour? Oh, of course. That's like as much fun as making albums are and listening to what you've created. There's nothing like playing in front of an audience and being on stage and being able to be that kind of like larger than life version of yourself and really like put on a show and entertain a crowd. Like I live for that. And I know everyone else in the band does as well. And we feel like that's one of our strongest suits as a band because we have done it for so long and yeah. we started just playing shows after shows after shows after shows, just trying to get better and better. And um, that's one of the things I missed so much because like I cannot wait to play these songs live. Like oh, I think God. it's a, yeah, I've had a year off basically, right? I mean, everyone has yeah, in a lot of ways. But. Exactly. And I think like this in, this album is the closest we've ever gotten to capturing kind of like what we feel like is our energy on stage in terms of like production and sound and bigness, but still not there yet. Like we still feel like getting that, it, it's a whole nother thing to, to see that track. And that's not to be cocky. That's just like, that's, we feel very, we love that part of being a band so much that we feel very strong and very comfortable on stage. And we just can't wait to like, you know, get out there and do that again. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. It's like a big part of what you are. Your live show is a big part of what the band is really all about kind of thing. Exactly. What kind of shows do you like playing the most? Do you like playing kind of smaller shows or do you like the bigger shows? Does it matter? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll play wherever, but in my opinion, I think Freddie Mercury said it once I saw where he said, they asked him about like, do you feel like you lose the intimacy when you're at these big stadiums and arenas? He's like, the more the better, the more the merrier. And I feel that same way. I feel like, you know, now, is it fun to be in a small, sweaty little room with packed full of people and just right here in your face? Of course it is. But I think it's like amazing to be able to go out and those artists that are able to play in some 20,000, 30,000 people because you're just reaching that many more people every single night. And, uh, you know, I grew up, I think I'm kind of biased because, you know, a lot of kids start going to concerts when they're, you know, maybe teenagers and what they can afford is like the club shows and going sure. to kind of that thing. But I was introduced to live music by going to let's see my first year of shows. I was like nine years old. I saw Green Day. I saw Metallica, Pearl Jam, U2, and I think the Backstreet Boys. So that was like my first year of shows. Were like That's a huge great arenas. first year of shows. Yeah. That's really at, good. At nine years old. So like when yeah. that's your first experience of this is what a concert is, you know, that's what I've always like envisioned and really wanted. Ultimately, you know, as a musician is like, how amazing would we play an arena every single yeah, night? I want to be up there and do what they're doing kind of thing. Sure. Lights and that fire and like all of that. Yeah. So uh, I, I love all of it. I, I, we played some of our best shows of our life on the tiny stage that we didn't even fit on. But, you know, it's also fun to be able to just run around and have so much space and just like, you know, I love it all. I'm just miss it. Just so ready. I, I would have never thought that, you know, our last time on a stage would be October of 2019, you know, wow, almost yeah, yeah. a year and a half plus ago. Yeah. You just take that part of being in a band for granted. You're like, of course we're going to play shows. Yeah. Like, that's, that's it's just part of the deal. Do. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like what you yeah. do. So now one of the good things about touring too, to me would be seeing new bands, playing with new bands, making friends with bands that you're playing with and seeing what well, question about music. What do you listen to? What do you like listening to in your personal life? 
Yeah, I am honestly in my like personal life, I'm all over the place when it comes to music. You know, I obviously I love heavy stuff. I love, you know, Metallica is my all time favorite band, but also equally up there is Green Day. Like those two bands are equally inspirational for me. But, you know, and of course, I love like the Lincoln Park, the Corn, Slipknot, that kind of stuff. But I'll also go listen to Jason Aldean or, you know, country or Mm. pop or like anything. I'm very open to music. If it's catchy and something that I can sing along to, I'll I'll listen to it. I don't care what it is. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing I have felt like I've, I've missed without touring and without. I haven't watched a lot of like TV or anything to really even know like who the new like pop artist is or who the hot this is or that, you know? So I've just been a lot, uh, going back and listening to the kind of music I grew up with and revisiting that and be like, Oh my gosh, I still love this today. The exact same way that I did when I was nine. Like I can go back right now and listen to American idiot from start to finish and just feel the same way I did then. Okay. The Join the same excitement as a, as a, musician and as a music fan like it's really cool to go back and you know revisit things that's one of the greatest records of all time in my mind too and just knowing that's like a concept record it's like a whole story through the whole thing too is like it makes you see it in a whole different light too right you're like oh my god it's a whole story like how rad is that (laughs) exactly um yeah i love that album that's a go-to road trip album like whenever um if i got a long drive american idiot start to finish is, is going to be one of those albums you know and that's kind of one of the few that i can really go start to finish on there's yeah. some but that's one that i like for sure can every time that leads to kind of the next question during the pandemic during all the downtime that we've had during covid here's what i wanted to ask really i wanted you to give me three bands that you either discovered or kind of rediscovered that really helped you get through it and i'm going to throw three bands at you too and the, the goal here really is for the people listening, as well as you and I, maybe we'll go, oh, those are some bands I want to check out, you know, or something like sure. that. Because I won't say it, you know, in what the three bands I'm going to throw at you, but Tetrarch was definitely one of those bands that I didn't okay. hear of you until the <laughs> pandemic. And I go, holy shit, look at this band, you know, like, whoa. And uh, that yeah. led to this more or less. But I'll throw my three at you first. My three are, it, it, here's a little shout out to Napalm Records too. Uh, Nervosa is one, Nervosa from Brazil. The band Spirit Box from Canada, mm-hmm. amazing band. And also another Canadian band, uh, Bison, kind of a doom stoner metal band, incredible band, who uh, an actual friend of mine is in that band. And I didn't even know. I go, dude, you're in this band? I had no idea he's been in this band for like 15 years or something, right? That's hilarious. You know, yeah. it is. So, but I don't have any bands from the United States on my list. They're either Canada or Brazil. So anyway, a weird little coincidence, I guess. That's what I love about music, though, is like it's all over the world. And like, yeah, yeah I think those bands are great. And like, it's crazy what like Spirit Box has been doing with yeah. like their, uh, you know, I see, I can't go anywhere without seeing their name somewhere and i know diamond in their guitar player talks a bit on like instagram and stuff super supportive of, of tetrarch which is really cool oh that's super cool yeah yeah they're good i i would say for me going back i rediscovered disturbed because i didn't listen ah. to a whole lot of disturbed sure but i went back and you know listened to some of their older albums and and 
you know, I kind of got introduced to them with like indestructible and that kind of era. So going back and hearing like sickness and, and, you know, 10,000 fists and all that, like it was, man, they were crushing it. Those guitarists are killer. Like you right. don't think that Dan Donegan is being this crazy guitar guy, but like he's so good. So going back and, and listening to that newer band, I still, I really like Ed a lot. You know, D E D. They're not necessarily new, but they were—they're up and coming. You know, they—I uh, think they kind of did a good job mixing some of that like new metal influence and but kind of doing their own thing. And I think they're a super cool band. I got obsessed with one song. I got to remember the name of the band. They're on Napalm too. Uh, Napalm has such a diverse roster of bands. Oh, they're all over, the, all yeah. over the, the map, you know, in so many ways. It's rad. It's so rad, though, I think, you know. I'm not blinking. Sorry, I put you on the spot here, too. So. No, you're fine. Let me <laughs> let me do this. I'm going to pull up Spotify real fast Go. and <laughs> figure out what the name of that is. Another song. Glory Hammer. <laughs> Glory Hammer. Okay. Yeah. I Yeah, it was... Uh, I was going through, I think when we signed with Napalm, like we didn't even realize how diverse it, of a roster it was. And then we started like just taking, we would one day just go down the list and like, what, like this band, <laughs> see what they sound like. And uh, we did that. And uh, yeah, that song, I saw them play a song called like Angus McFife on uh, like a big festival on like YouTube. It just like got stuck in my head. So I listened to them for a little bit. I know you said three bands, but one, I, I this is one I do remember that I want to say is that our producer, Dave Otero, actually works with them, a band called Kenneth. They're really cool. They're kind of like doomy, like kind of like doom metal, but I don't know, like catchy parts to them. Yeah, and, um, yeah. He kind of introduced us to them. I think they're with like Nuclear Blast. What was the name of that band? They're what super was cool band. Again? Uh, Kenneth, K-H-E-N-M-I-S. Camus. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Yeah, and they had a song called like The Hunted or Huntress or something like that, which I really liked. And then they did a really cool um, Rainbow in the Dark cover that was being played on uh, Liquid Metal a lot. So they're they're a cool band too. Oh, cool. I had a Doom phase where I just like went on YouTube and just hit Doom Metal and just listened to whatever came up. Doom is the coolest thing I've ever heard. And then I just like <laughs> never listened to Doom again. I had like a two day span of like nothing but Doom. It's very easy for me to get stuck in like what i like i'm very diverse in what i like once sure. i find a song like my whenever i look at like my spotify in the beer list it's like five songs that i might have only played for a week at a time but i played them like a hundred and seventy times in that week over and over and over <laughs> right. again and i just had like it was so random petrarch's always number one and it's kind of funny I'm like am i that vain that i just want to hear our own music but i don't know there's something about it i'm always like this is really cool to hear something that you've done yeah. I don't always laugh at me because like she never wants to listen to our own stuff, but I'm like, I love listening to our own stuff. You're appreciating what you do, and that's rad because if yeah. you like it, I mean, I think to me that means other people are going are gonna like it too in some ways. Hey, you know? it means it's genuine. We we made something that we want to listen to. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Unstable just came out April 30th on Napalm. There's a lot of buzz. I mean, there's a lot of hype. I think I see every day. Something pops up on Instagram or Twitter or just whatever, kind of mentioning Tetrarch or Diamond, you, you know, the whole band. I wanted to say good job, first of all. I mean, really good. It's a, it's a great record. How do you feel about it as far as 
is this kind of like the culmination of all those years of hard work and everything you've done? It's come together all in this record. Like this is kind of the, the, your shining moment in some ways. I think so. And I think if anything, it's getting us, I think with each album that we do, it's going to like hone in on more and more of who Petrarch is and what makes us us and unique. And I'm really proud of this album because I feel like, you know, we felt like we did really good with freak and, but we always said, it's like, we need, we want to do freak, but do it on steroids, pick the best parts that we loved and that people loved and do that. And I feel like unstable, we were able to accomplish that. I was really, I, I think it's just like the culmination, like you said, of all the years of touring and playing and writing and just hanging out together. And, you know, this album was so much fun to make and like every, every step of the way it was just fun and uh i think that comes across too i'm really happy like vocally how this album turned out like i felt like i thinking back to recording you know freak where it was took so many takes just to get the one that was like usable for the final product and like there's so much stuff i go back and listen to on that album i'm like i could have done that so much cooler or better but then you know touring on that album for two three years and you know then hitting the studio for unstable i felt so much more confident and it was like just way quicker way easier to get what we wanted we could spend more time like getting into like those small details of songs that parts people will never hear like little like we might have changed one note on a guitar riff and no one will ever know but like it, it you know you right, but really it's huge to you it's like a billboard in the song to you you know to you and the rest of the band yeah yeah so it, it's a uh, yeah it's a fun record i think it's just like shows where we're heading and that it's kind of mapping out that blueprint of the kind of band we want to be because we don't ever we've never wanted to be we're never going to out heavy the heaviest band and then we're also never going to be just like a super light you know rock band we're always going to kind of walk that line and kind of be in somewhere in the middle and we always want to continue to show like you know you might have heard someone might have heard you never listen as the only song they've ever heard from us and they heard on the radio then right after that we put out a song like negative noise it's yeah. like full-on screaming and fast and, and big breakdowns and all this stuff and like i'm proud that we were able to serve the i think we've learned over the years how to serve the song like none of us have egos there's no like well that's my part i want that to be there you know we very much did what we felt like the song needed and what the album needed and hopefully that shows in the uh you know for everyone in the final product yeah, like a more of a collective effort. And it I think it does show, honestly, because there's no, it doesn't feel like there's any kind of lack of cohesion to the songs. It feels more like a collaborative effort that you're, your band is a family, you know, like you were saying, I think in so many ways, but that comes through. That absolutely comes through on a record when you play live. You can tell if a band likes each other and their friends and or family or if they don't like each other. It really shows. And I think with tetrarch it shows in a great way you know yeah i mean diamond's in her room across the way like right now like she's probably listening like we're that that's how like close all of us are like you know we see each other every day like practice and uh, around la and like we're we genuinely like each other which i think really really helps because i know so many bands just hate each other and talk shit about each other and you know it's cool to be in in a band with, with your friends it is because what's the point of being in a band where you hate each other? Like what? That would be horrible. I would think, right? right. Like, oh, I'll, I'll drive my own car. I don't want to. 
go with them on tour. Like I'll just hang out yeah, exactly. for the hour or 45 minutes on stage and like, Oh no, that's no way to live your life. You know? So nah, exactly. So are you all roommates in LA? Did you all kind of move out here on uh, mass, like in one group kind of thing? Ruben had moved here in 2014 from Venezuela and you know, we hadn't jammed with them, but we knew he was going to be our drummer. We just had a feeling and you know, when we were like, we're moving to LA, we just, you know, our other, our other drummer didn't want to do that and wanted to go back to up North where he was from. And so Ruben was out here, but then me, Diamond and Ryan, we got him like four vehicles. And then a friend from like high school all gotten like four different vehicles and just caravaned our stuff across the oh, country wow. <laughs> and started a new, you know, a new life and a new journey out here. Yeah. When we started, like I shared my room with, uh, with Ryan, like I had my, my bed in one corner and he had like a old air mattress blown up in the other. And the first year was like that, you know, and Diamond was over in the other room and, but quickly you realize that's that's too close. And uh, so <laughs> Ryan was able to, you know, get now we all each of us, you know, Ryan and Ruben have their own places and in Diamond it's just easy to, you know, stay roommates and, and be able to just constantly be working on the band and working on, you know, plans and all that. So it's uh it's been good. We haven't gotten sick of each other yet, but people do laugh at like y'all live together and then practice together and then tour together. Don't you get sick of each other? Yeah, never stick, but you know, sometimes you just want to wander off and, sure. you know, we all love each other and, um, we have a really good dynamic. What's in the future. I mean, this, the new records out touring this summer, right? You have some plans. Don't you have some things coming up? We do. We have, I believe June 26th and 27th in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, just outside of Chicago. We have two Danny Wimmer festival shows that we're doing, um, with, Chevelle, Seven Dust, Fever 333, like, and Dirty Honey, I want to say. Hmm. So we're doing a couple of those. It's going to be fun. Um, and then we definitely have some larger scale touring that's being all finalized right now for the end of the year. We, we feel pretty confident that, I bet, at least in the U.S., it will be safe enough and opened up enough that this fall and winter, I think we'll, we'll start seeing concerts coming back the way we're used to seeing sure. concerts, which I'm really excited about. So yeah, we, we got some of those in the works and we'll be announcing some stuff very, very soon. So there's not going to be a lack of uh Tetrarch touring. That's for sure. We're just ready to get out there and, and especially now with Napalm on board, we're excited to finally get overseas yeah. and, um, when yeah. we can. And, and, you know, it's one thing to like tour around the U S and, you know, obviously we want to grow here and become as big of a band as we can here. But, you know, we also aren't dumb. There's a whole big world out there. We want to go play in front of all, everyone, everybody who remotely likes rock or metal or might not even, but they, you know, might find a new band. We want to play for them. We're just excited to get out there. Well, there you have it, folks. The Tetrarch episode is now coming to an end. What a band. I love that Tetrarch has done so much while they stuck to their DIY ethics. That's something that is very, very important to me from where I came from, from being in a DIY punk band. DIY ethics are amazing, and Tetrarch has those ethics in droves. Tetrarch has done things on their own terms, and I think that's so incredible, and also, they're like a family. 
and that really shines through in their music. That cohesiveness, I think, that family, that just all togetherness. They're amazing, absolutely amazing. And that being said, thank you, Josh, for from Tetrarch for taking the time to talk to me for this episode. Also, thanks to the rest of the band, Diamond, Ryan, and Ruben for being part of such an incredible group of people. You're all super rad. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tetrarch. Thanks to Natalie at Napalm Records for getting this all set up, too. Natalie, you rule. Thank you very much. Thanks to Plan 9 Alehouse for the beer. Thanks to Michael Krusty for your contribution to this episode with Krusty's Corner. And a huge thanks to Sticker Junkie for sponsoring this episode of the Bobcast. Don't forget... Go to www.stickerjunkie.com to order the highest quality custom stickers out there today. Use code BOBCAST or BOBCAST10 for either $10 or 10% off of your custom sticker order. Very good. And as always, thank you for listening. Don't forget, please subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please consider joining my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash I want to party with Bob for exclusive and bonus content. Thank you so much for listening to the I Want to Party with Bob podcast. Turn around, you're down, looking for them, Bob, Bob.